G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we'll have to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and highlighting some of the issues on the political agenda for the week ahead. Martin Isles is Managing Director of the ACL, the Australian Christian Lobby. Back with us, Martin. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be back. Hey, Martin, let's start off with what is really in play in the state of South Australia. And this is this issue of euthanasia where there's a voluntary assisted dying bill that passed the South Australian Upper House just two weeks ago. And uh, debate in the Lower House begins next week. (laughs) How are your impressions here about what's going on in South Australia? Yeah, well, there's progress there. Um, We talked about this uh, last week briefly and people will have heard that the euthanasia bill has passed the upper house in South Australia. It's now coming on to be debated in the lower house on Wednesday the 26th of May. Uh, There will be a rally on the steps of Parliament to coincide with that, uh, opposing the bill. Uh, And again, I've said many times on this program, uh, outlined some of the problems with going down this pathway. Uh, But effectively, it's it's a wrong-headed move to take away the sanctity of life to sanction the committing of suicide um, and the taking of lives and to say that that is somehow a form of legitimate health care. When we live in a day of amazing technology where uh, proper palliative care investment can prevent anybody from uh, encountering and experiencing pain and stop us from going down that dangerous slippery slope, uh, which is at the end of the pathway, uh, once we decide that life is no longer sacred and we can take it when we like, uh, that's just a terrible place to go. So it's a serious bill. I think it has serious implications for the elderly as well. Uh, we know that in many euthanasia cases from overseas, uh, most patients cite feeling like a burden to others as a reason why they go down that path. There's pressure. Uh, and so um, there's a humanitarian problem here as well. We already are a country that has issues with the way we treat our elderly as revealed by the Aged Care Royal Commission. So uh, that rally will really be worthwhile. And the, the, the aim of the campaign is to get an amendment. Uh, and there's a real possibility that this amendment will succeed. It is to ensure that faith-based health providers do not have to provide euthanasia in the state of South Australia. Uh, and that's being um, led by a number of groups, including the Calvary Hospitals Group, which is very big and very powerful. Uh, they don't want to provide euthanasia in their hospitals and their clinics because they think that life is sacred and they cannot take life and that is wrong. Um, And so we're hoping that the pressure from the campaign will achieve that amendment. If people want to be part of it, we do have an online campaign where they can email their parliamentarians to urge them to uh, support changes to the bill, uh, and it's at acl.org.au. Martin, just to to touch on this and uh, perhaps enlarge a little, because as you say, when we're talking about this issue of euthanasia and voluntary assisted dying, well, right on the coalface there, Christian hospitals, and there's lots and lots of them, or Christian aged care facilities, there's lots and lots of them. So this idea of a blanket law, uh, which doesn't give anyone that ability to have a conscientious objection... Uh, that's really a dangerous place to go, and that really is a big brother type of a tactic, isn't it? 
Yes, I think it is. And I think it's uh, there's a strange and sad irony in the fact that so much of healthcare in this country was established and indeed continues to be operated by faith-based uh, entities. Um, that's true in all states and territories. There are entire hospitals run by Christian charities uh, or formerly Christian charities. That's how it all got started. Uh, and then for the government to come in and say, well, we're going to start changing the nature of healthcare. Uh, we're going to start passing these laws that say you've got to do things like take people's life when they request it. Um, and the, the faith-based institutions are saying, well, hang on a second. <laughs> you know, we're running the, the, the healthcare outfit here. It's a massive service to the government. The government can't do without us. And so they're arguing for that conscientious um, objection uh, right so that they can say, no, no, if you're a patient at a Calvary hospital or some other faith hospital, um, then no, you can't have euthanasia here. You're going to have to go get treated in a government institution. Um, I think that's completely fair enough. And um, I think that there should be more of that. Uh, unfortunately, many of the laws that we pass in Australia, including the abortion laws that have recently been passed, don't have adequate conscientious uh, protection for doctors who don't participate. And I think that some of the euthanasia laws, so certainly the Victorian one, doesn't have adequate conscientious objection provisions either. So it would be nice to get this precedent set in South Australia where the government respects its healthcare providers and their conscience. Martin, you have been one of the speakers at so many gatherings of recent times, whether it's uh, marches for life, and uh, haven't they been so well supported by people in capital cities all around Australia? And then uh, this particular rally you mentioned on the steps of Parliament House in South Australia in Adelaide, uh, next week, starting Wednesday the 26th of May, uh, are, you in, are you intending to be there for that one? I won't be able to be there, Neil, because I'm on the Truth of It Live road trip going around uh, currently the state of Queensland, but we are coming to uh, Adelaide at some point, so people need not be too concerned about that. But our South Australian State Director, Christopher Broyer, who's an absolute weapon of a man, uh, and is very involved in these campaigns. He is facilitating that, and he's part of the organising team. Uh, and we're expecting a good crowd to show up, uh, and it'll be a good time. Fabulous. Christopher Bro here, and a wonderful uh, opportunity to see uh, a great speaker in action uh, when you're a part of that. Uh, Wednesday the 26th for listeners in South Australia today. Let's talk about religious freedom for a few minutes here, Martin, because... Uh, it's been years now that the government has promised that there is going to be legislation for religious freedom. Uh, it hasn't eventuated yet. If there's going to be another election, perhaps later this year or early next year, we might anticipate that there's some sort of movement going to be happening uh, in the government so far as religious freedom. What do you think the latest is? Well, it's sort of crickets at the moment. Uh, it's very quiet indeed. Um, I mean, this is this is an unfulfilled promise from the last election. The promise was that there would be legislative reform uh, to create some religious freedom protections in Australia. Uh, it simply has never happened. Now, the government will argue, and I think um, reasonably fairly, uh, that the COVID-19 pandemic uh, effectively dominated the last uh, 18 months, just as they were about to get the religious freedom reforms going, and so they, they haven't been able to get to it. 
in which case I say, well, okay, well, let's get it back on the agenda because the COVID-19 thing is, is, on, is, is passing and other policies are coming on the agenda. So um, we're really interested at ACL in getting this back on the agenda. We think there's a solid possibility of doing so, especially in election season. We're expecting an election later this year between August and November. Um, but uh, that's going to require some, some, some real effort. And uh, one of the things we're going to do is have a National Day of Action on the 29th of May uh, with our wonderful volunteer army of thousands. And we're going to target 70, 70 federal electorates we're going to be doing a lot of letterboxing into the electorates and we're going to be setting up a lot of information stalls in things like shopping centres and so forth, handing out materials, promoting the religious freedom campaign to the public at large, because, of course, you need to convince the public at large of the need for these things in order to get anywhere. And so we trust that during this election campaign, Religious freedom is something that will be discussed and that the government will renew its commitment to solving this thing. I mean, it's, as you say, Neil, it's been years. Uh, we're sort of saying, come on, uh, let's get some of this conviction policy done. Uh, it doesn't always have to be pure pragmatism just to win elections. We need to get some of this convictional stuff that's really important out of the way. So 29th of May, National Day of Action. Anyone who wants to be a part of that, you can uh, just go to the ACL website, hit the volunteer button, fill in your details and you can get uh, involved in that sort of volunteering. It's, uh, it's a great crew, it's very exciting stuff and uh, it really does make a difference. Honour to you, Martin Isles, and the team at ACL. You are doing wonders, mobilising Christian believers, as you call it, a volunteer army. And uh, when you said 70 federal electorates, I know you had to sit, pause for a moment there and say, yes, that was 70, <laughs> because there are thousands upon thousands of volunteers in this volunteer army. And uh, as you say, acl.org.au for people to connect with that and uh, to be involved in handing out those flyers in uh, one of those electorates and perhaps uh, more than 70 electorates if there's enough volunteers everywhere. So uh, acl.org.au. Just before we move on from religious freedom here, Martin, there's some developments around the world which appear to be uh, pretty much, uh, you know, lights in the darkness. And uh, there's one particular bill in the UK that apparently has Boris Johnson's support. It's called the Higher Education Freedom of Speech Bill and protecting uh, people who'll be uh, going to be speaking in universities. Now, universities, obviously, on the coalface when it comes to religious freedom. What are your thoughts for the developments that are happening in the UK? I think it's a great thing in the UK uh, to pass such a bill so that, uh, I, mean, I mean, the thing it's trying to target, of course, is this phenomenon whereby universities are becoming, uh, to use the new word, they're becoming very woke. Uh, and so if you're a member of staff or you're a student and you express some conservative or some Christian opinion or something like that, uh, your job is often on the line or your enrolment could be on the line. And they've had some high-profile cases in the UK of, of that happening, people getting sacked and kicked out of the university for their opinions. And so they're looking at introducing this law. I think it's, it's, it's a good step and it's the sort of thing I'd like to see uh, included in a religious freedom bill here in Australia. And indeed, it has been discussed as part of the religious freedom laws here in Australia to have a free speech protection for uh, students, at least, at universities uh, and for those who are employed by um, certain kinds of employers. So uh, that would be great to see adopted here. Um, I think the other thing that uh, needs to happen, and this is some advocacy by George Christensen MP, who is up in the electorate of Dawson, he's trying to get a regime or some laws adopted whereby people can't be cancelled by big tech either. 
in Australia and, and put fines on big tech like Facebook and Twitter and all these groups for, for just banning people and kicking them out because of their opinions. Um, we all know that Craig Kelly recently got kicked off Facebook and whatever you think of Craig Kelly, he's a democratically elected member of the Australian Parliament who's been shut down from talking to his electorate by an international company, which is not very good. So th- there are certain areas for targeting like that. Universities being one, Australia doesn't have any of that kind of protection really at a legal level. Um, big tech being another, uh, and employers being another. We've seen the Rugby Australia case, for example, where Israel Folau was sacked. He's not the only one. There's many who are less famous, many from universities too. Um, those are the sorts of specific areas of protection that a religious freedom law would include. Um, and those cases are real. They're not fanciful. They're happening in Australia. We just had a teacher sacked from a school just two weeks ago that we were helping out, actually, uh, just because of his views about uh, the gender binary, saying, well, there's male and female, and, you know, <laughs> I'm not into the gender gender bending thing, and he got sacked for his efforts on, just about on the spot. That kind of thing is happening, sadly, hence the need for those religious freedom laws. Well, we're talking religious freedom and uh, really a part of or a foundation to this whole idea of freedom of speech for every Australian. So uh, we'd look forward to seeing some developments along those sorts of lines. Hey, before I let you go, um, the federal budget last week, uh, did you have any thoughts around uh, how the uh, the Treasurer delivered his uh, budget announcement? Uh, any thoughts from the ACL? Oh, look, my thought's fairly general, and I don't know how popular it is, but um, I thought the election, the budget was an election budget. You know, it's it's one that's uh, intended to buy up a lot of votes and uh, shower people with a lot of benefits and a lot of money, uh, which everybody often enjoys. But um, it's interesting. The way these budgets work, or are supposed to work, under the modern theory, uh, is that when times are tough, so a global financial crisis, or if COVID-19 had hit Australia a lot harder, You know, when times are tough, you spend money because you want to get money into the system to make sure you don't get a depression. Uh, And when times are good, you save money uh, and you save up for a rainy day. You save up for the next crisis so that you're ready when the next crisis hits. Uh, My sadness uh, over the Australian budget situation is that that simply has not been happening. We've actually been spending nonstop since 2008, just nonstop. There's been no saving. We've had a lot of good times. Indeed, right now is a good time for Australia. Um, the economic numbers were showing, you know, incredible recovery before this budget was handed out. Uh, it's an unnecessary spend. Uh, and so we're spending, 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 spending. And I'm sitting here saying, well, we've gone from 5% debt to GDP ratio to, to up to 50% in the next couple of years. I mean, is this how you save for a rainy day? Is this how you save for a crisis? Is this how you protect yourself from the next big issue, which is definitely going to come because that's the world we live in? And I guess I just had the thought of Joseph, who was marked out for his wisdom as the, um, in the government of Egypt. And his wisdom was manifested in the fact that he stored up for crisis. He saved up for the trouble. And when trouble struck, Egypt was ready for it because it had more resources than any other nation of the earth stored away, saved up to get them through the time of crisis. Uh, And that was the proof of his wisdom. And I sit there and I think there's not much wisdom going on in the spending spending of money in the federal government over the last decade or more. Uh, It's sad and I wish uh, it weren't so. And uh, I, I don't really have a solution to it, except that I wish people would would again recover their sense of a need for us to save up some money so that we're ready for, for, for the challenges that lie ahead and not just be people who look to the government to give them handouts and freebies. 
because it seems that that's where we're headed. So I was disappointed with that. Um, at the same time, I guess it's wonderful that we're in a situation uh, where um, we can be uh, we, we we can spend a little more than other countries, and where our economy is very strong. Uh, and that's because we've come out of the pandemic in a good place. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's just a principle of wisdom. And I'm going to be mentioning that at the Truth of It Live tonight on the Gold Coast. I'll say, well, what was the wisdom in the Bible from Joseph? It was his saving, actually, interestingly enough. And there's a lot of proverbs about that. And maybe there's a personal application for some of us in that as well. Well, there's been a number of commentators. We've been talking about the budget on this program. And uh, they also tend to agree that... Uh, perhaps a little more austerity would have been a useful thing. But then if you are in the lead up to an election, the temptation to spend is there. So, uh, But you mentioned the Truth Of It live tour. Tonight you're speaking on the Gold Coast in Queensland. And uh, from what I understand, Martin, this is a large venue. It's been sold out for weeks uh, insofar as people registering to be a part of it all. Uh, just give us a, the detail here. It's the Church of Christ on the Gold Coast. That's where you're speaking? Yeah, Church of Christ at Southport. Um, this one is full up on the Gold Coast, as has been the pattern for um, you know Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast and uh, Rockhampton and Bundaberg. And I've been really all over the place lately. Gold Coast is full again, and that's going to be an exciting time this evening. If people are interested in coming and they're in the Queensland area, um, the Toowoomba... Cairns and Mackay events are still to come, and they will be uh, the 31st of May for Mackay, the 2nd of June for Cairns, uh, for uh, Toowoomba, and the 8th of June for Cairns. They'll be wonderful events. They're in beautiful venues. They've still got seats available. We expect them to sell out. So um, the the tour is, is, is going incredibly well. We've had, I think, nearly 4,000 people attend events in Queensland so far. Uh, we're expecting that number to jump in, uh, enormously uh, in the in the coming couple of weeks, and um, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And if you want to hear scripture applied to the issues of the day, uh, get an insight into what we're up to, but also uh, get an opportunity to get involved yourself, um, and also just have a great time. The energy is awesome; people love it. Uh, feel free to come along to one of those or if you're in another state as I know many listeners will be fear not we are coming to you uh, Western Australia in July and uh, other states to follow after that so stay tuned it's of it live it's a, it's a great time and a great tour and we're selling out everywhere so there's a real hunger out there for truth uh, there's a real hunger out there to, to hear these things uh, and to be a part of this so that's a very exciting thing and of course for great optimism for me and I'm certainly getting a lot of energy out of it well, love your energy, Martin Isles, and uh, to know that there are sold-out venues and uh, that you're upgrading the size of venues because there's so much interest. Uh, this is the sort of momentum that so many have been praying for, and uh, I think it perhaps is just the beginning. And uh, you've been getting a great reception wherever you're speaking, a rock star welcome, I've been saying. And so I want to encourage listeners, as Martin says, there are still seats available in Mackay in Queensland on the 31st of May, in Toowoomba on the 2nd of June and in Cairns on the 8th of June. You'll be able to make sure you have your registration there for those venues at acl.org.au and that's the same website when we mentioned earlier 70 federal electorates 
uh, being uh, the uh, the focus for the handing out of flyers on the 29th of May. If you want to be a part of that standing army of volunteers who are ready to make a difference in your community, uh, make sure you register and be a part of that too. Find out what's happening in your community. You can do that at acl.org.au. Martin Isles, Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always my pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.